Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi. Welcome to Black Ticulate, a podcast series featuring UK young black professionals where we find out how they do what they do so you can too. Or not. After all, it is your life. <laughs> Yo, hey guys, once again, thanks for joining us. Oh God, I feel like you guys are family. Well, you are family. I mean, the fact that every fortnight... You tune in with us to listen to another episode of Black Ticulate, where we feature UK young black professionals. And we always try our hardest to extract how to advice, resources, tips, so you guys can too. So before I actually tell you a little bit about today's episode, I need to make a quick announcement, which is on the 5th of August, Black Ticulate is going to be doing a live event in conjunction with the first ever People of Colour podcasting festival, which is run and hosted by Shout Out Network. So if you guys haven't heard of Shout Out Network, please, please do. I mean, they are phenomenal. They are the parent company of Melanin Millennials, Mostly Lit, Two Fools Talking. I don't know if you guys have heard of any of those, but if not, please check them out on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcast. And this festival is going to be lit. I really mean it's going to be lit because they actually also bring in popular US podcasters like The Friend Zone, like Another Round. And if you guys haven't heard either of those, again, please check them out because they are amazing. So how do you get your tickets? How do you hear more about it? Well, there are two ways. First one is you can go to the actual website, which is solivefestival.com. Dot com or follow that actual Twitter handle SO Live Festival. Shout out festival. Have I said that right? I believe I have. Okay, so that is the first announcement. Black Ticklet is going to be there. And we're going to try and do something a little bit different. Yes, we're going to feature UK young black professionals and try and find out exactly how they do what it is they do. But also, if you guys um, do things that you believe you can share with the audience, we might have a random selection process where I would invite you on the stage and again, we'll just have that conversation or maybe like a pitch thing to be confirmed, but just look out for that. Now, guys, today's episode is amazing. As always, Toby Oludayomi, who is a founder of Studio 14, which is a digital and mobile games agency. Now, Toby is interesting just because... He's one of those guys, how do I explain this and not do him a disservice? He's one of those guys who, whatever he takes his hand to, 
he just kills it. He tells us how he pretty much started up his own studio and how that sort of progressed all the way from music and he was making music and producing beats for the likes of Wiley at one stage and how he seizes all the networking opportunities he can and he tells us about where the studio is going, where the growth areas are in the industry and potentially also what it is you can do if you're looking to start up something similar. I hope that this episode, as per usual, is valuable to you. And if it's not, please give us a shout. Any feedback, any comment really goes a long way. So holla, holla, holla. Um, we, yeah, we love you. <laughs> I might have to edit that part out. But without further ado, I bring to you Toby, Toby Oludayomi. So yeah, see you on the other side. Bye. Let's get that story in then. Okay, guys. So the voice you're hearing is Toby. Toby Oludayomi. Oludayomi. Shame on me as well because I'm Nigerian. <laughs> Oludayomi. Um, once again, welcome to another episode of Black Ticulate. This is the first time you've ever heard of it. Thank you for joining us. And it really is all about featuring UK young black professionals where we try to find out how they do what it is they do. So you can too. Now, Toby. Hit How us. are you? I'm good, I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you? I'm okay, man. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me to this. No, mate, it's a pleasure. So tell us why you're here, I guess. I mean, who are you? And let's just roll from there. All right, guys. My name is Toby Oledayomi. Um, I'm Nigerian. I basically I run a digital product studio called Studio 14. Um, we make digital products like games and websites and software. Basically, anything digital, we can somehow get it done. Um, Anything digital, I think so. We we are we are fast learners. Let's put it that way. Okay. So because we are uh, living in the age of Internet of Things, right? Yeah, we do. And the reason why I say almost anything is because I think it comes from my personality. I got into this knowing, not knowing anything about tech. Okay. I'm a music man. I'm not tech, but for some reason, somehow I made it work. So I just carry on grafting, carry on reading. I like to push people to their extremes, and then that doesn't become the extremes anymore. I didn't. To yeah. the end, and then that wall breaks down, and there's another end. So of course, that's they say nothing great ever comes within a comfort zone. Exactly. So you're always trying to expand your comfort zone. Exactly. Right? And I love when people learn new things. Okay. So most of the guys that are with us, they were not the brightest at the start. Not bright. When I say brightest, I mean they were not. You're talking about your stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. They were not as in, at that level. We never hired somebody who was like the sixth developer in the world. Right. They were. They had potential, and they were good at what they did and then we just threw them in the deep end. Okay, well, let's start from scratch, right? Because as you guys can hear, Toby owns a digital agency called Studio 14, but it'll be quite interesting to know how you started that. But, like, background, hit us. Like, what was growing up like? Growing up, growing up was fun. Yeah? Or I, I, Where I was, did you grow up? I was born in Nigeria. Okay. Um, I lived there for about 19 years. 19 years? No, 9 or 10 years. Okay, no, gotcha. 9 or 10 years. Um, for about half of those years, life was good. The other half, not so good. Why? It's just things weren't working out for my parents, man. Okay. So eventually, they decided to move to... Because my mum was born here, so they decided to move to England. Right. And then when we came to England, everything just... It basically had to start from scratch, really. But, no doubt, yeah. Um, it's funny, because, mm. like, I mean, being myself, mm. British, Nigerian, like, when it comes down to us and where we are in a class structure in Nigeria, 
would say we're affluent middle upper, right? But the moment you come into England or London, Nobody. you're yeah, you're working class. Doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. My dad had to redo. My, I love my dad. He when he came here, he was a businessman. So for the couple of years that business wasn't working, he, he rode through that. Right. And then his business had to pick up again. Okay. What's his and business? He had a construction company. Okay. And then he we decided to move. So it wasn't we moved when he was still broke. We moved when he had money. Right. But when he moved over here, he had to start from scratch. He degreed in her mom's an accountant. Then she was a genius. She had to start from scratch. They both had to go to uni again. Oh, really? He, he worked as a postman. He worked as YMC. He worked as everything you can possibly think of just to make ends meet yeah, while he sure. was doing um, his, um, his uni again. And then eventually graduated and he got back to where he was. And now he's retired at 50 something. So Amazing. He's both of them are actually. Yeah. So they're so, definitely your role models. Yeah, definitely. Him or my granddad. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Okay, so you've moved from Nigeria at the age of nine to ten with yourself, your parents, your I brothers, have, sisters. I have, I have three brothers. We have wow. Four, four boys. My dad calls us the Consumer Association. They consume <laughs> every single food he buys in the house. So, um, consume. Literally, that's what it Association. Calls. I like that. Well, um, yeah, the four of us, no girls. Okay. Are you all relatively close in age and even just... Um, my older brother's 30, so he's four years older than me. And then it's just 26, me 24 and 22. Oh, wow. So we're quite close. So the fact that your parents and themselves were struggling, I guess, to make, to live a, a certain lifestyle they wanted to in Nigeria, they decided, you know what, let's go to the UK. We're going to start from bottoms up. And they did that. My dad actually went a couple of months ahead of us. Right. Obviously, to try and get work or decent, because he had a friend here who had a business, so I think the friend gave him work. But so he prepared before we came. Um, there was a ha was a house for us, so everything was fine. Oh, and I think he was to be honest, it was my his sister lived here, my mom's brothers lived here, so they were people. So he knew he had a yeah, network. Yeah, definitely. They, okay, they, they gotcha. So it wasn't like he went no, cold. Because my mom lived here for like six, seven years when she was born, anyway, and so they've always been like coming back and forth. So it's never wow. been just a strange land to them. Right. But we had never been, so we'd, we'd never been at that time. But um, in Nigeria, some parts, some a lot of the times were good. Even it's even in Nigeria, if you had no money, as long as there's sun in the sky, you're, you're <laughs> I love you're, that. You're, so long as the weather is good, right? Yeah, you're outside playing playing football, doing this kid stuff, and because we were really close, we always had each other. I think that kind of shaped my mentality, my what's giving me drive and what's giving me. Um, the appreciation of just little things. Can you speak mm. on that? What do you mean? I wouldn't say, oh, to be honest, there, there are certain times where we didn't have food. Let's right. put it that way. Um, it, was, it didn't happen all the time, but there are certain times we didn't have food. Um, certain times when things just didn't work out. So nowadays, if I do, or well, my entire company, my entire life now is based around helping others. Um, I want to genuinely just, if I, hopefully God willing, I will just eradicate poverty from the entire face of Nigeria that's okay. that's my vision right I have big dreams by the way no for sure um, please so even from now we sponsor the company sponsors children we give a, a percentage of our profits to charity as in we do as much as we can to help the poor or the needy whatever it is in different parts of the world in the UK in Nigeria in Africa all over the world to be honest so all of that came from because of the situation I grew up in 
So let's start narrowing it down a bit, if I can, just to get your story, Toby. So my man is now officially in the UK, right? Mm. Courtesy of your dad paving the way, bringing your your mother and the boys through, right? You four boys, (laughs) consumer (laughs) associations. So where did you live when you came in and what was school like? We lived in London first. Right. And then we moved to Birmingham. At that time, London was a hotspot in terms of violence and children and all that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. So, and we lived in like Crystal Palace, Peckham area. Right. So he Nam. So he moved to Birmingham. And to be honest, when we moved to Birmingham, life was good. As in, if you were in London right now, just moved to Birmingham. As in, it's cheap, the houses are nice, and yeah. just, it was just a good place. So um, when we were growing up there, we had a decent sized house. Um, our school was. When I, I remember the first what, time. What was the school? School Holy Lodge, my secondary school. Okay. Um, the first time I saw a Sikh person. Okay. Because you know, in, obviously in Nigeria you don't have Sikh, and even in some parts of London you don't really see them, especially where, where, where we stayed. But in Birmingham, there's a lot of Asians. Right. So when I first saw a Sikh person, he's in, normally they tie their turban in like a circular way, but his was like a top knot. Okay. Yeah. And was, this was a PE, and he was in the boys' change rooms. I was thinking, is this a boy or is this a girl? Because when he took off his turban, yeah. his hair was so long. Right. Yeah. So it took me a couple of seconds to figure out if this is a boy or not. And then I was like, oh crap, it is a boy. <laughs> I will never forget that day in my life. But that was the first time I've ever I've ever seen a, a Sikh person with a, a top knot. Yeah, someone who was starkly different. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Th- that, that woke me up. Yeah. In, was it quite multicultural though, your school? My, yeah, well, I say... Mm-hmm. 45% Asian, and then the rest mixed with black and white and every other okay. um, ethnicity. But yeah, it was definitely an urban school, let's put it that way. Yeah. But it shaped, it was it was a lovely school, from the fights to the football to the <laughs> playtime. Literally, everything was interracial. Right. So, so you but, never felt, like, isolated with your race or as nah. a black person? So you never really... Because a lot of us, right, and this is when I speak to a lot of my guests, I always almost ask them, well, when was the first time you felt you know your blackness when was the first time do you have a story behind that sure, because no, i mean we all know we're black let's yeah, not be a man's bush, but to be felt like you are other and lesser that's that in itself is an issue so i was wondering do you, do you have a story like be, that? i think because of the school i went to i didn't have that Amazing. but i have i have i had mine i'll say when i first started my business okay so, so further down the line so join the dots for me so now you've been um School Hol- Holloway? Holly Lodge. Sorry, Holly Lodge in mm. Birmingham. It's a secondary school. Then you go into college? Or sixth form. Sixth yeah, form. Yeah. What did you study? Obviously, my parents are Nigerian, so I had to go study something like accounting or something like that. Right. But yeah, I wouldn't say, I was, I, I work hard, but I wouldn't say I'm the brightest kid on the block. As in, I'm not stupid, right. but, and I'm not a genius. I'm in the middle, but I work hard. So um, I didn't get fantastic grades in, in, in GC, um, GCSE, I think, or like B's and so you're a B student? Yeah, or yeah. D. Well, in, in my Nigerian household, there's nothing like a B student. <laughs> but, but I think my parents, because my parents knew I worked hard, so they, they, there was nothing wrong with it. They were happy. Yeah. And um, Did you, is your brother, your yeah. elder brother, a day student? Yeah, he got A's. Oh, man. So even the my younger pressure. brother got A's. Oh, no. Uh, but I think because they saw that I worked hard and they saw that I'm, I'm, my, my gifts are not intellectually all the time. So maybe it's working hard or being driven. So they, because that's the reason I love my parents. They never compare us and really? they know the different person's strengths from different person's weaknesses. So it's, it's, it's never a comparison. In yeah, amazing. But um, so when I, when I left there, I went to college and then I had to, st- or they allowed me to study sports. I say allow. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love that, yeah. I studied um, accounting, 
and business studies. Okay. So that was kind of that start to get your mind into the yeah. business acumen aspect, I assume. And then you graduated naturally and you decided to go to university. Again, I assume your parents wanted you to go through this this passage of education. Or did you want to do it for yourself? Um, I didn't to be honest, I didn't think there was any other option. Okay. It wasn't that they forced me, but I, I, I did want to go. Right. Apart from the fact I wanted to leave the house. Right. I, I did want to go <laughs> um, and just see what the world was like and actually study something. Right. But the, there was a turning point between those two years. Okay. Obviously, they still wanted me to go and do something at law or accounting or something. But while I was in college, I picked up, or I wouldn't say I picked up, I started to um, build my production skills, music production. Music production, okay. And then what tools? Do you remember? Started with Free to Loops, went to Reason, Logic. Dang. Listen, you name me, I used it, man. This was it on me. Okay. <laughs> it was, I remember the time when, because my, my house, because it's a different house by now, we had pink carpets. Pink? Yes. Carpet. Pink carpet. You know okay. what? It's actually really nice. It's not as bad as it sounds. It's really nice. But my mom would hate people coming in the house because obviously I had a, rec- I built a recording studio in my bedroom. Right. So random is quotation gangsters, bad boys, everybody used to come in the house to record the tracks. Right, yeah. And she used to hate it because obviously the fact that just random ones are coming to the house and just dirty shoes on the carpet. And so every time someone, like, you see, a road man coming at the door and I'm like, take your shoes off. <laughs> <laughs> so they take the shoes off, they'll come into my bedroom and they record. So that started to go on. I started to make some money. Ah, amazing. When I started to make some money, then I had a leg to stand on to my parents thinking, let me go and study media technology at university. There's something in it. I already have some cash to prove it. Mm. And they could see how passionate I was about it. So they said, you know what? If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That's it. Had- that's amazing. So when you built your studio just through word of mouth or were you actually trying to promote it to say, do you guys want to record a record? Come to me. Um, and I'll charge uh, yeah, you this. Initially it was word of mouth and then obviously that's when social media started to pick up. So you had MySpace, you had all them, like, all them things. So yeah, we used a lot of um, online tools. You, in your uh, own house, uh, making a lady a business, a studio. My, my younger brother, the one that we founded um, Studio 14, he then picked up graphic design. Right. So he used to do all the... Um, like the, artwork, the covers and the albums and like photography and all those kind of things so we've always been like the team from day one I, I did the recording and the music production he do the artwork and the album amazing like so he print the flyers and leave it on the bosses and all those kind of things do you remember your first client yes okay tell well, me. Well, for, for music production yeah I, my first beat I sold I sold it for 25 pounds back then it was a lot of money to me <laughs> uh, 25 pounds and it wasn't even true I listened to it now it was disgusting it was a crap beat <laughs> still 25 pounds how did you sell it uh, or how did you even price yourself I I don't know I genuinely don't know I think I remember who I sold it to I don't even know how I met him but I think he came to record one day and we were just playing some beats and he said he liked it and I said I'll sell it to you and then that's how I put my first beat did you get royalties for any of these Nah, nah. I, well, I, I get royalties for t- t- things, things, things I've done down the line, but these ones, I don't even know what they did with the tune at all. So now I get it. I mean, you've already got your studio. You're pretty much now in love with music. So you thought music technology at uni? Definitely, 100%. Okay. And I went to Kiel University. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's, no. in, it's in between, is it Stoke on Trent? Okay. Like in between Manchester and Birmingham. The best university in the world. Okay. Actually, I think there was a survey a couple of days ago that said uni- um, Kiel has the the highest student satisfaction rate and the highest of graduates in employment. Really? It's, well, when I was there, anyway, it was genuinely the best time of my life. People used to go to lectures in the PJs. 
That's insane. Yeah, my, my, That's my, insane. yeah so <laughs> a good UDT is someone that could go to it was, uh, it lecture was, it, PJs. Was, it was so different. Yeah. Okay, interesting. So you graduated, sir. And then what was your next step? Because I'm now, we're now slowly but surely getting into Studio yeah. 14. Um, my brother actually came to the same uni with me. Oh, so, did he? Because it was that good of a uni. Because uh, obviously when I was there, he used to, him, him and my younger brother, yeah. they used to come and visit um, for a while and play football and Guess I'm riding yeah. holes. As in we had, because it was like a countryside uni. So you, the summertime was beautiful. Mm. Just barbecues, football, rugby, everything you call it, you can name it in the fields we did. Yeah. So they would come in the summertime. So obviously he fell in love with uni as well. And then he came. So when I left university, and like I said, I wanted to carry on with music, but all of a sudden everything just dried up. Right. And then just absolutely dried up. When you say dried up, was it still successful throughout uni? Yeah, no, to be honest, my most successful time was at uni. Okay. That's when I met. Because you had all the equipment and stuff. And yeah, you and had because obviously I studied it, so I knew a lot more of what I was doing. Right. I had access to recording studios that were world class. Right. Um, I could bring people down. I obviously, my, my, by that time, Facebook and things like that were already the sound card. Yeah, yeah, so I could reach a lot more people. I remember the first time I spoke to Wiley, he was on... Wiley? Yeah, Damn, my man just name dropped like that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, just to show you the part of social media, I was on, um, I was in my bedroom actually at university, um, and he was in Australia, and um, he was doing like a webcam session in his studio, and he was just talking to people. And then I told him, I was like, because I already had an email from I think a manager or something, and I said I sent you a couple. Oh, of no, don't, don't make that. You made that too flippant. You had his uh, email from where? From I think his manager. Because it was social media. Because as a, as a, as a rapper, you always want beats. Right. Gotcha. So it's not. It's never. You never turn down beats ever because that could be your next hit. You never know. So they were always open to receiving beats. But Wiley is a special character. Everybody sent him beats, so it's hard to get get in touch with him. But I messaged him. I said, I sent you beats, listen to it. And he didn't say anything, obviously, because too many people were messaging. And I said, are you scared to listen to my... So basically, I was taunting him. Right. I I said, because he was rapping to a song in the studio and we could hear it. And then I said, my beats are better than that. And then he said, who's this person? Ballsy, yeah. yeah. And said, who's this person? And then we started talking through the chat. And then I sent it to Beats again to him. And then he played it live on air. And then he went crazy. And then within half an hour, he recorded a song. All, all live on the webcam. Right. He called me, recorded a song. He sent me the song. And that's, I think, just... Can you, can you name drop the song? We didn't, did, did it, it, ever go it never got released. Oh, it never got released. See, it's just, music is a funny thing, man. It never got released. But obviously, it opened a lot more doors for me. Right. And, um... It's called Beach Party. So you saw mm. this as your career. You're loving it. You're in the, you're in the middle of it, in a sense yeah. where you're getting now big names like Wiley, mm. amongst others, you know, asking for beats by Toby. Did you have a specific yeah, it's, alias? It's skills, skills Beats. Skills Beats. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so ashamed of that name. Yeah, by Skills Beats. Yeah, it's amazing. And then you said you, you graduated from uni and then it just all dried up. It just dried up. Literally. People just start answering my calls. Nobody was buying anymore. At least you just dried up. Yeah, that's curious. So and there was imagine- actually, there was actually one, at one time where it was I would have, obviously I was making I was doing well, but this this would have been the peak because have you heard of a movie called Street Dance Two? Yeah. Yeah. At that time, I was I was making a song for that movie. Right. So like I said, everything was going fantastic, and all of a sudden, hit the wall. Nothing happened anymore. And you, and you just you're not curious to know what it was you did wrong, whether your strategy. I don't think action. I did anything wrong because no? it's the same things I've been doing. It, it, like your work talks for you. My music spoke for yeah. me. It was really good. I got into the doors in the first place, but nothing ever came of it. So when it got to that stage, I was thinking, hold on, it's the same thing happening over and over again. 
was like, you know, this, this must be God. I'm, I probably, I'm not meant to be doing this. Or I said, forget it. Okay, well, that's fascinating, Toby. You're a fascinating guy. <laughs> so tell me then, from then you, all of a sudden, music's dried up. Where's your headspace? What are you thinking? How are we finding ourselves now at Studio 14? Um, I was, what, 21 at that time. Um, my brother had gone back to uni then. So in the summer times, we did a lot more music and studio work. But when he went back to uni, it was just me and my own at home. Right. So everybody would go to work, I'm at home on my own. You, you could hear the clock, you know, them times, it, it was just so dead. Was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're there with your own thoughts, trying to think of, as they told me to apply for jobs, I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to apply for jobs. But I applied for one job, a sales job. I got called to like a, I won't call it an interview, more like an assessment day. Right. I hated it so much. It was like, it felt like, me betraying me. Mm. And then from that day, I was like, nope. I don't care what nobody says to me. I'm not applying for any job ever again. And so, you said that to your parents? Well, I don't think I said it that way. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I Wait, when that Omarogu come out, <laughs> you're not too old to get a spanking, trust. <laughs> Definitely not too old in my household. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah. that, that mentality anyway, I, had, I was like, no, it's not happening anymore. And then my mom, um, lucky enough actually, my mom, I've seen, I think they've always seen it in me. So they would never push me to do something. Especially your dad yeah. being a businessman. My granddad been very successful. So it's, and your granddad yeah. as well. So the apple doesn't fall too far from exactly. the tree. So he must recognise when there's an entrepreneurial spirit exactly. and, a, and a businessman in the making, which is clearly you. Which is, that's the truth, to be honest. Yeah. I didn't think of it that way, but that, that is the truth. Um, so yes, so when um, my mom, she, she used to work in the Birmingham City Council as okay. an accountant. Um, a man came to speak called Eric McBean about people who want to get out of um, nine to five and start their own business. So she was obviously very fascinated. She kept thinking about me when he was talking. So she told me to go and see him. Um, and then I was going to see him. We hit off with you. And then I, I said, mate, you have a rubbish logo. Or I'll make you a new one. And he laughed. And that same day I went, to, I went back to uni because obviously I, was, I, I still had a lot of friends in uni. So I used to go back to uni. And my brother was there as well. Yeah. So I went back to uni. I was like, listen, let's start a logo design company. I was speaking to this guy and he was giving me different ideas and he was saying that we should start something that requires no capital whatsoever. So I said, why, why don't we start a logo design company where you can go online and order a logo and in like 48 hours or in less than a week or something, a very short space of time, small amount of money, you can get your logo. Oh. So he said, yeah, why not? So we basically made a website. But before we made a website that day, I told him to recreate a logo for the business coach yeah. and literally sent it to him. He was shocked. He loved it. He rebranded this whole company based on. Amazing. <laughs> so that was yeah, almost your first client, but it was pro bono. Yeah, but then he became my mentor. Right. So that's that's how Win -win. That, that that's how that relationship started. The first company was called the Logo Man. The Logo Man. Yes, straight, straight to the point. You, yeah. yeah, you've got your names <laughs> unlocked. <laughs> the Logo Skill Man. Skill set. Logo Man. Go on. Uh, so uh, it's just basically straightforward. You go on the website, you pick different kind of packages, and you order your logo, and we get it done for you. And you pay on PayPal. So. Yeah. And we had a friend. So it was you and your brother. Just me and my brother. But then we had a friend who helped us develop the website. Right. So that's it. So that's the, that's the first company. From there, how many uh, clients did you have? All right. So he was at uni. Yeah. Obviously, you can't really do too much when you, you were single in the second year. Right. So you could only do so much. So I started to learn how to design because obviously the, the clientele got a bit bigger and bigger and bigger. Of course. And um, they, they're looking for the turnaround within exactly. a week. Exactly. Stupid idea. That I was thinking, <laughs> why would I do two days? So I had, to, I had to learn how to design. I eventually got pretty, pretty good. And then we did some. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Think um it was I'm listening. A web like there was a website called Hodubai. It's like a business version of Groupon. Okay. And we got thirty two customers in the space of a couple of days or a week. Thirty two. Thirty two. And there's no way we can do that for eighteen locals. Yeah. <laughs> in I don't know how many how many days it went forty eight hours. So we ha- obviously we had to tell people that listen mate, there's it's been overwhelming to give us a bit of time. So you were just turning out logos, turning out designs, and then they started coming back for more on the nice. website. You want a, a branding card. package entirely. And obviously, at and that all. time, I didn't know anything about business. Pricing was overly cheap, but it was, we were excited because we were getting some sort of money. Yeah. And then um, it just kind of organically grew from there. And then we said, you know what? The world is going digital. This logo thing, this fun, but there's not enough money in it. We're a lot better than we're charging. Right. So why don't we make a premium company, or well, you could call it premium, that does similar things? which is Studio 14. And then that was then when we started to actually get into the digital um, space. Yeah, space. Yeah. Our first big project, actually, because obviously, like I said, I'm from music background, so I knew quite a few people. So um, we helped Leaf will be develop an app. Amazing. Um, like, you know when you had the little catchphrases? Then children, all those kind of things. Yeah, so we made a, like a little soundboard app for, for him, like about 100,000 downloads. So again, that, wow. was, that just... You made a yeah. soundboard app that got yeah. 100,000 downloads. On the couple, I think, yeah, on both platforms. That is so, insane. And that was, that was when we first launched Studio 14. So it kind of gave us a bit of credibility in a way. Amazing. And then things just started to kind of move on Build organically. Itself. So I don't want anyone who's listened to think, well, Toby's lucky or that sure, just, I am. You know. <laughs> I'm well, not going to lie, well, I am. Well, you say that, but I think you, you capitalise on opportunities that are presented to you. 
So if you don't have the mind frame or the vision to yeah. see it, then every opportunity will go, will just go by, won't it? But I'm just curious to know how you sustain yourself. So now we understand how it came to fruition of your company, but how are you getting clients? How are you sustaining yourself? What is your, I guess, if you can, give us any of like, you know, your strategies, your marketing tips, your... Um, we obviously have business plans now. We have... Um, What's it called? Growth plans. Is that you, right? You and your brother, or me. you found someone else? Oh, you. No, it's me. So, like I said, I had to learn. I had to learn a lot. I ha I have had to learn a lot, and because of that, it's forced me, or I don't say forced. It's made me like learning, and it's made me like when other people learn because I know what it's going to do for them in the long run. Right. So, as I started to read, I started to learn. I started to speak to people and learn about. Business, business yes, right. the, the financial side of business, the and processes, the strategies, all those kind of things. I any, still don't know books, a lot. Any huh? books you can recommend? No, got, um... I don't actually read books. Okay. Oh, was it uh, just internet articles? Yeah, most of them were well, business books, but not... Any specific names? Because I'm just trying to, again, from my audience perspective, those who are listening, I want them to go, oh, okay, Toby's just like me in a similar sort of background upbringing and he's like, he's reading these articles. Let me go check them out. Um, there's a, there's a like platform that I, that I use. It's called um, Academy or something. Yeah, like, Academy. Yeah. yeah. So I do, I have used that a lot to kind of teach myself certain things. Yeah, so but, guys, uh, Academy is pretty much like a teach and learning platform. Yeah. There's Khan Academy. There's a plethora of these sort of free what's resources. The one on LinkedIn, what's it called? Is it Linda? Um, Linda, yeah. yeah. So L-Y-N-D-A, Linda.com. Some of these are where you have to have like a subscription and you have to pay, but most of the courses, honestly, guys, you can find on YouTube. Oh, definitely. It's, um, it's just that good. So, okay, brilliant. Well, you see, it's one of those things that you knew you had to step up. Yeah. You had to learn this. And so you were learning this. Now, this kind of then brings me onto your strategy if you don't mind sharing, like, what is it you're doing consistently ensure that the bottom line is met? Because you have to pay yourself. Maybe it might be a minimum. You have to pay your brother. You have staff. You do you have a brick and mortar? You actually have an office? Yeah, I have an office. So there's rent, there's overheads. And that just keeps going up. Does it? Holy smoke. So tell me about that. Like, where where's your office? Like, yeah, what? Okay, so this is, where I, this is what really excites me, right? So, Toby, you and your brother, you're like, let's do this do you know you might have spoken to your parents you might have spoken to everyone and they were like you know what we've got work for you through aunties uncles the likes of you're like okay brilliant it's going to charge you this it's going to we're going to charge you that it's going to be obviously fluid and organic so we now need staff i'm assuming that's what your first thing or was it we need a building the products have always been bigger than me and my brother because they were the techie side of things we were more creative right so we had like i said the friend from university we had to build that website yeah. originally, yeah. We had him as a um, freelancer and we had a couple of freelancers. So for a year or so, actually we still use freelancers today, but for a while, they were our main... Go-to. Yeah, so not employees, direct employees, but yeah, they were our main um, um, freelancers. Yeah. Yes, in So, but as, as obviously that got a lot more, then we thought, you know, we need to get an office. And then we got an office. Amazing. How did that feel? It was, it was exciting. I was really excited, but at the same time, I realized that now I have to do work. Yeah. <laughs> As in, before, I, obviously, we had a lot, before before the office, you have a lot more disposable income. Right. So you could do whatever you want, but now things, structures have to come in place. Um, so when you have bills to pay, mm. you change your mindset. Of course. So that was, uh, was, you were, it was a very good awakening, let's put it that way. 
Um, what well, our office is called, man. We're like a tiny little mini Google. We have like table tennis table, basketball net. Why? Uh, Why do you have all of that? Because the work necessary? we do, as in, you can spend the whole day trying to sort a problem out mm. uh, and be frustrated with it. But as soon as you let your head down, play a bit of table tennis, forget about it. By the time you come back, your brain will sort it out for you. Mm. And that's happened many a times. Amazing. Okay. So we, you have to be relaxed. And creativity doesn't, you can't force creativity. Yeah. As in, there's some days when you sit down there trying to design a logo for hours, days, nothing's coming out. But when you're not thinking about it, or when you're not forcing yourself, just put pen to paper and that's it, you made a brilliant masterpiece. So That in itself mm. is quite telling. So your habit or pattern is you have to walk away from the problem, try and relax your mind in any way and possible, then come back. and then come back mm. to it and it normally resolves itself. Most likely, most of the time. So that's why we, 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 we're very chilled and we encourage being chilled. And that's what a lot of places do it because it makes sense. No. So here's a question then. Oh, actually, we haven't even finished with the, the strategies, have oh. we? <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm just now really fascinated. Though. Go on, Toby. So you're saying that you, you read a lot, you know, particularly you're going on Ukedemy um, yeah. to understand business strategies and planning for whenever you're going for investors. You've got your brick and mortar now. You've got office, table tennis, you know, basketball. Mm -hmm. Um, now you've got contractors because a lot of the projects now are bigger than just yourself and your yeah. brother. Now you've got the responsibilities <laughs> right. of making sure that these overheads are met. What are the challenges? And are they larger or lesser because of your race? Open up a kind of worms. No, no, uh, I mean, this is candid conversations. Man. Okay, that's a, that's a good question. All right. So in terms of the strategies, when, like I said, when we moved to the office, obviously, everything was still going well in Nigeria. Everything was fine. We didn't have, we didn't ever lack. Let's put it that way. But then when it started to dry up, we had to come back into the UK market. We're nobody in the UK market. We're pretty young. So we had to spin it off as our story as we're, we're, we are a young, we are molded by digital. So we're young and fresh, we're molded by digital. We are up to, um, always up, um, up to date on trends. And basically that's the story we sold. You're, by using us, you're always going to get the best because we are the digital generation because mm. we're all, all of us are quite young. So that's just, we, we then obviously we had to sit. I love this country because the council, the government, want you to succeed as a business. Okay. As much as people say uh, they take tax and everything, they do give a lot in return. Um, we did a lot of um, business growth workshops. They taught me a lot about... Um, the council planning. did? Yeah, the Birmingham, Birmingham oh. City Council. Um, so guys, we can go to the council and ask for no, business. No, every 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 council has a growth hub. They have a growth um, hub. Okay. Well, I think so anyway. A growth hub or some sort of chamber, and they their job is to support businesses in any way that they can. Right. The chamber, I think you pay for, but the council itself you don't, because obviously as a business you pay taxes anyway, so yeah. that kind of covers it. So. And you know um, this through your mum working as a city council accountant. No, actually, I just oh. knew, I knew it because. I just needed to find out one ways I could get help. Yeah. So I just like, and I used to go to a lot of events. I still go to a lot of events. Right. Like you said, the network is your network. So the more you meet people, the more they tell you and I like that. access. Your network is your network. No, it is because yeah. I, I joined the IOD a couple of years ago and the amount of thousands of pounds of business I've gotten from there. My membership was what, 100, 200 pounds a month. I've gotten IOD? Institute of Directors. There you go. So just go, how much you pay 200 pounds 100 pounds a year thousands and tens of thousands of business for 200 to 300 pounds a year all by meeting people and them introducing to other people mm. so always attend events 
obviously pick the kind of events you want to attend don't just go to any but attend events because they open your mind up you never know who you're going to meet there so that was one of our main strategies and i think it still is networking right so when we came back into the uk market i had to go to a few of the councils to um, the council to help me out in terms of my business plan my um processes all those kind of things and they did quite help a lot they helped us to put plans in place and then we started to do something called tendering tendering because government contracts are a lot more lucrative because they're, lot, they're worth a lot more and they last a lot longer yeah if you win a couple of five six in a year you're all sorted because some of them go for like three years yeah but they are very hard to win very hard um and these are they, they these take a while they're not like a standard proposal yeah for they, sure. they take a while to do but most of the time we got through to like the last stages wow a couple of times say so i was in shock half the time because we're good at talking let's put it that way <laughs> but we got to the last couple of times um one time we got to the last two and we didn't win at one stage i was thinking is it because i'm black or what but i thought you know what let me not let me not get into my head it's not because i'm black yeah. obviously these guys who won it are probably better than us or they've probably done it before and, you, and that's what the council said they said these guys have experience, experience. in these things yeah, yeah, even though you were a bit cheaper they have experience and experience always Trans. wins yeah. yeah so i said you know what fine but then after a while it happened a couple of times some people had different excuses you played them on back of my mind is it because i'm black but then i thought you know what? It, it can't be because i'm black i don't want to, I, don't, I don't want it i don't want it to give them that satisfaction yeah but then this year we won our first amazing first one literally like two days into the year amazing so I was like, Yo, that was brilliant man and then we did about 10 in the space of a couple of months five of them we got to the last stage five of them we lost right again some had stupid excuses some had reasonable excuses what would be a reasonable excuse and what would be a stupid one sometimes they tell they say who won so when you go when you they, when they tell you who won you can see that no that person has done exactly what they after right. so you can't do that there's nothing I can do about that because if, if 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 me and you were here and this fellow went to the website for a neurosurgeon or something we've done that you haven't mm -hmm. so even if we're more expensive he's going to go to us because yeah. you can trust us so those kind of situations I was like fine yeah. some the location was a problem so they, they've picked someone closer to them again understandable because they want to enrich their own um, council some were stupid because there's one that we right next door to us so our um, local government. Right. Or is, that, is, it, is it called local government in England? Or yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you're, I was going to do it for a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they approached us saying, Can we pitch for this project? We said, Yes. Pitch is fantastic. Presentation is fantastic. We were the cheapest. They called us saying, Somebody won because of so and so and so. I can't remember the dumb reason. But that day I was a bit angry mm. because I thought, all the feedback so far has been brilliant. We probably were better than those people, but I don't know who they know. I don't know if they've done better with them before. I don't know what it is, but yeah. I, that one time I thought, I strongly thought, is it because we're young black boys? But I mean, hey, you've got to give yourself credit. The fact that you've literally been in the final for quite almost every bid, as far as your story yeah. tells me. This year, anyway. Like, literally yeah. every bid, you've been in the final. So you must be quite good at writing these bids. You know, we, we did. We did get... Um, that's what you know. You, you never know. Even the um, negative outcomes, they always have a positive outcome. Yeah. Because we lost a lot. But as we lost a lot, we kept improving our writing. Yeah, your experience. And now, if I take this 20-page proposal to a private company, the job is ours and that's happened right. because they 
our proposals are so in depth right now that they, there's no questions they can ask that are already not in there. Not so right. even though we spent wasted a year in quotation of doing these things, nowadays what well, it taught us a lot. Number one, mm. and now we have a solid deck that we can take to anybody. And so amazing. So those who are listening, this is one avenue insofar as generating revenue these government contracts because they yeah, are they are hardest. <laughs> but they are difficult but they are worthwhile if you get them definitely and you've got one so congratulations thank you so that is one aspect of money generation and so the others i mean how you how else are you pitching if at all um a lot of events so because i go to a lot of we don't do online marketing okay it's never or i would say it never worked for us but we've just never tried it because the kind of clientele we we have they're not going to just find us online. Well, actually, that's a lie. Some, <laughs> someone did, actually. A couple of £150,000 project. Um, and we pitched, even though we lost, we came second. But um, but yeah, most we don't do any online advertising. Most of the things, most of our strategy is um, we, we're part of a chamber, the Birmingham Chamber, part of a lot of different membership organisations. Right. So the Institute of Directors, the Birmingham Chamber of Commerce, all the different, around our area, the different chambers. And we just attend a lot of events, meet a lot of people. and. That's, that's just that brings in no, business for I us. I mean, honestly, that sounds like one of, again, like you've echoed throughout your network is your net worth. So if you can attend and go to all of these events, you, they, I mean, be selective because time is precious, but still. I wasn't at the start, but eventually I had to get no, to. Amazing. Okay, so I'm going to almost give you the free reign. Is there anything that you wish you knew to get you to the stage where you are? So I'm basically saying if I was listening to this and I wanted to start my own digital agency, what should I know? What are the pitfalls? What tools? Everything you possibly give, as much advice as you can. I'd be, I'd be, for I'd a digital be, agency. I'd be very grateful for. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> a digital agency right now, it is so competitive. Right. As in, everybody can make a website. Everybody can make an app. So, unless you're targeting a niche. So if you're targeting, you're gonna do digital agency for specifically hotels. The competition has reduced a lot, so there's work for you to be done. So be very niche. That I, I would say, if you want to start something right now, be very niche. Mm. Pick a, 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 a genre or a sector that you focus on and become industry leader or thought leader in that sector. Right. But again, there are most likely already people in that sector doing these things. So you just have to craft, piggyback. Sometimes if you meet, if you go to the right events, you can meet some of these agencies and they can give you work. Right. Because sometimes they outsource some things to you because they have a lot of work. So that can again get you in the door. But I think that's the only way to start digital agencies at the moment. Or the other hand, you want to start a digital agency that focused on product development. So you partner with individuals or brands or startups who um, have ideas and you help them build their idea. But obviously to do that, you have to be tech. Um, yeah, so you have to be more of the, the tech side of things rather than the marketing side of things, right. which we are. So we don't do a lot more of marketing. We do more development and design and user interface. Yeah. And like, okay. So, and that's why we, we're changing our business model at the moment. We're trying to, we're gradually moving away from the client um, agency relationship and we're developing our own digital products. We've done a few with um, entrepreneurs, but now we're, do, we're building our own ideas. Right. And um, like I said earlier, one of them is called Cup. That is a data analytics solution for the African market, but we're going to start in Nigeria first. And that's my advice. If you're going into digital, try and develop products rather than 
service clients. Yeah. So what I tend to do with a lot of my guests, Toby, and I definitely feel like we have to get you on again. We're going to have no, to do part two. Uh, so, we didn't cover half of this stuff we said, didn't no, we? No, <laughs> no, we haven't. Um, just because, you know, it's, it doesn't matter because this is a conversation. But what I try to do is just, you know, do a couple of rapid fire questions. But your answers don't have to be rapid fire. But they're just nice, <laughs> nice and light, right? So would you rather your child be good looking or clever? Clever. Everyone says that as a default. Because it makes sense. Like, first of all, there's always somebody for everybody in this world, I think. Okay. So you can be the most ugliest person in the world, but you will still find someone who loves you. Right. All right? And you can have the most beautiful face. And to be honest, a lot of people who ha are pretty don't always find happiness. No, that's true, mm. I guess. But beauty certainly opens a lot more doors because of the superficial world we live in, where everything's presentation more so than substance. But there's a lot of tech developers right now who are not in or don't in, don't care about their parents. Yeah. But they have a lot of money in the bank account. They yeah. met a lot of people. Fair. So nah, I, the, I, I always find that fascinating. I might get I might might get true, rid of it as a question, but no, it's a good question. It's a good question. And I think that your your um, intellectual property takes you long longer than your beauty. Your beauty will fade eventually. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you can get in a car crash one day, and or you can have a scratch on your face, and you got a scar, and that's it. You but go. your brain. It's the most powerful thing in the world. And if you have something in there, it will take you as far as you ever want to go. So in this current environment, what would you spend your last five pounds on? Oof. Ever. Yeah, you've uh, only got five pounds. I'd, I'd, I'd give it to someone. You would? I would give it to someone. In the email, I said if I could do a tech talk, it would be the power of giving. Okay. It's, I don't know how to put it. I don't smoke or anything, but I'm pretty sure when you smoke, the high you get, I get that from giving. Right. As in, it makes you feel confident, it makes you feel good. It like releases some sort of chemical in your body that just makes you happy. There's this gentleman called Ricardo Semler, I believe. Mm. Um, forgive me if I said his surname wrong, but he goes, those who give only give because they've taken too much. No, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I definitely haven't taken too much. No, I, no, I don't agree with that. Okay. I think if you give, you on Because... Every, you can give your time. It doesn't have to be finances. As a mom, you give your children everything. So it's because you love. So if you can give, it's because you appreciate what God has made in that person or that person or that person. So you sacrificing your last five pounds or your glass of water or just driving that. I remember a couple of weeks ago, I no, last year, actually, end of last year, I got home. I left the office really late. It was about 11 o'clock. It was freezing. By the time I got to my car, there was ice and frost all over it. Had to go to the petrol station. Just put in the petrol in the car. My hand was almost frostbite. And then I saw this gentleman. First of all, I thought it was an elderly black gentleman um, with crutches because the hospital's on my right and Tesco's on the left. So I thought, okay, he's going to Tesco. Let me just quickly run because he was too cold. It was just too cold. So let, let me quickly stop him and drive him to Tesco. I, I spoke to him or I tapped him. He wasn't an elderly black gentleman. He was, a, I think it was Indian, roughly about 40s. He had just come from the hospital. Um, he had he had two crutches so he was walking at snail pace yeah. where he was going would have taken him two hours to get there walking and I swear he would have died that day it was so cold and the way he was walking he would have froze to death so I said mate get in the car took me five minutes to drive him to his house and if you see the way he was hugging me he said nobody would ever do that people didn't even allow him to cross the road as in he was just thankful and it took me what two two thirty pence of petrol and five minutes of my time 
and that could have saved someone's life. Right. So that is given. I get that. It's not. It's not. It's not five pounds, but it's given, and that could make that could have changed his life. You never know. No, I get that. So, so my mm. penultimate question before asking you how we can find you and whatnot <laughs> is: Do you see yourself as successful, and what does success look like? Um. So okay, success. I think is a happy life. Whatever made that might mean to you, have a family if that's what you want. Um, doesn't always have to be monetary, but just happy. So, my granddad is successful. Even he was a, he was the first continent surveyor in Nigeria. He made a lot of money, even though he lost it eventually because Nigerians went bust. But he had five children. They had grandchildren. He's seen his great grandchildren. He's eighty-five and he still plays tennis. He still runs. He still jogs. That's happiness. His senses are fine. He can. He can. He's everything that he can ever think of. He has not just the finances. Obviously, he, he does has houses, but the finance, finance wise, it's not as it was before. But he has a family that love him. He has grandchildren that love him. He has great grandchildren that love him. He he lives in a wonderful country. He's healthy. That's success for me. So, right now, overall, I am successful. But in my finances, I'm not there yet. Let's put it that way, because I want to be a gazillionaire. So okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm not there yet. Well, that rem- then that reminds me of the, my other question I normally ask my guest is, well, how would you like to be remembered? A friend to the poor, just somebody who just just loves to help people. Because I think whilst also trying to pursue you to be a gazillionaire. Uh, no, but okay, the way I see it, obviously, money talks, money rules. If you have the money, you can make the change. Or you can, you can still make the change while you're getting the money. But the amount of change you can make with a billion dollars is not the same as with a thousand dollars. So I still think money would make life easier for everybody. So if I had a, a really big company in the next couple of years, I can give people jobs. Yeah. When people have jobs, they have better lives. Yeah. So it is still finance that drives the majority of the change. But yes, I would want to give everything away and make people happy by giving them jobs to the poor as you said definitely so how can we find you how can we you know share comment review whatever it is you want i mean what is it you want from us and how can we find you online um you can find me on linkedin so my name is just toby Oladayomi. on twitter i do you want to spell it out now but i will put in the show notes o-l-u-d-a-y-o-m-i and Toby is T-O-B-I, guys. Yes. Um, I'm on Twitter with TobyS14. I don't really use it that much, but you can always cheat me. And I like to connect people. I like to give advice, even though I don't know what I'm talking about most of the time. But <laughs> if you don't mind, I like to connect people because, uh, like I said, I have a network. So if you need something or you know somebody that needs something, just if I don't have the connection, I'll make it. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's most of my channels, really. Amazing. Yeah. Well, honestly, Toby, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank and you for inviting me. Honestly, I feel like we definitely haven't scratched the surface, or we, we barely scratched it. But if you guys really, truly feel like there's much more we can talk about Black Ticket and Toby, drop us a line, you know, the usual ways to get in touch. And uh, yeah, thanks very much for being on Black Ticket and stay tuned for another episode. Thanks, Toby. Take care, guys. Hey guys, how did you find the episode? I hope it was useful. Um, We're always trying to make this as useful as possible to you. So if you do what it is our guest did, and there were things that we didn't cover or the things that we didn't talk about, then please get in touch. 
And secondly, if you are able to teach us what it is you do as a profession, then also get in touch because we'd love to feature you on Black Ticulate. And you can do that via our social media accounts or even our email, which is contact at blackticulate.com. We appreciate your support as always, and we'll see you on the next episode of Black Ticulate. Have a great day. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.